Great. Okay. Hi, everybody. Great to see everyone. Do we have any new visitors this week? People who haven't been here before? Ayala's back. Oh, Hi, you've been here before. Hi, Ayala. Nice to see you. Good. Okay. Good. Um, great to see everybody. Let's get started. Parshas Vayera. Okay. So we're going to talk today. I always do that. We're going to just start. Um, after Avram Avinu is... Uh, um, visited by the three angels. The three angels come to tell him, they come to, to heal him, and they come to tell him that he and Sarah are going to have a baby, even though Hashem already told him they're going to have a baby, but these guys come to tell him for sure they're going to have a baby. And then they leave, right? And then when they leave, we're left with Avraham starting a conversation with Hashem, right? A conversation with Hashem about the people of Sodom that Hashem decides to share his plans with Avraham, which is also interesting why he does that. But, so I want us to get there, but what I really want to talk about is actually the conclusion of the conversation. Okay, so take a look at source number one. Vayifnu, and the translation is right below it. Vayifnu misham hanashim vayachu Sodoma. The men, these people who had visited Avram, they left. And they go in the direction of Sodom. Sodoma, right? El Sodom. They're going to Sodom. Va'avraham odenu omeid lifnei Hashem. And uh, very interesting language. Avram is what? How do you translate that? Still. Still standing. standing in front of Hashem. What does that mean? What does that mean? He's been there standing there for a long time. He's already been there? Still? I thought he was just taking care of all, the, all, the, all, the men, all these guys. He's still standing in front of God? Aware of Hashem's presence around him. So he's aware of Hashem's presence. He's still experiencing it, yeah? Steadfast in belief. Steadfast in belief. Yeah. A, a, a more, like... Hashem never left. Hashem, Hashem never left from what? Where do we see Hashem originally? Well, he was the angels on Hashem. Okay, the angels. And even before that? Oh, he, wasn't he talking to Yes. Yeah, so, right. what initially happens, actually Hashem is visiting Avram. And Avram says, there's a, there's a question what he means when he says, right. he says the word Adonai, right? Uh, and he, sa- he says, my master, don't leave me. So, who's he talking to? So, there's two, two explanations given. One is he says, to the angels, don't walk by, stay here. He's talking to the, to the, to the more, most chashib of them. But, I, but that word is, a, is singular. So others say, no, what he's saying is, Hashem, do me a favor, just wait here. Wait here. Wait. I'm going to go to Achnas' <laughs> and I'm going to come back. I think last, week, last year we talked about that. That's where Chazal said, even greater than experiencing Hashem is doing Achnas' Orchem, whatever that means. But, so, that's one, so one possibility is, he said to Hashem, wait. He goes to do Achnas' Orchem. The angels leave and he comes back. Hashem, wouldn't it be Hashem waited. Wouldn't it be Hashem still? Oh, good. Waiting. Uh, Hashem made. Hashem Odenu made. Yeah, but you, could, you might argue that from like a kavod perspective. Mm. Like uh, Avraham is now back to standing in front of Hashem. Not Hashem is standing in front of Avraham, right? Maybe, but yes, you're correct. So that's that's one shot. That's one possibility. But yeah, it's it's a very it's a very interesting thing because actually later on. Later, we say that, that Avram returns to a place, Asher Ahmad Sham, that he, that he stood in that place. And Chazal Darshan Ahmad, Ein Amida El Atfila. Right? What do we call Shimon Esrei? The Amida. The place where we stand. Right? It's that, that comes, that, not just because we stand for Shimon Esrei, it's because it starts that Avram Avinu, the first drusha of Shacharis, Mincha Marif, Avram's Shacharis, Yitzchak is Mincha, Yaakov is Marif. The drusha that we make about Avram is the word of Vaya Amod. So again, Avram Odenu Omeid Lifnei Hashem, he's now still standing in front of Hashem, and what is he about to do? He's about to launch into a tefillah. But fine. So he starts to daven. 
Vayigash Avram Vayomar. Now he approaches. Vayigash. He approaches. And he says, Ha'af tisped tzadikim rasha. Hashem, are you going to destroy the good people with the bad people? Are you going to do that? Maybe there are 50 good people in this city. Not only does he say, you shouldn't kill the good people with the bad people, he says, maybe because there are so many good people, even the bad people should be spared. Right? right? So he's very bothered by this question, how are you killing the good people with the bad people? Right? Wow. Right? You want to know where chas v'chalila come from? It comes from Abba Vino. Right? Chalila. Right? You can't. That's horrible. Right? To do such a thing, lahamis tzadikim rasha to kill a, a, a tzadik with a rasha, vayak hatzadik rasha. You're going to treat the tzadik and the rasha the same. You can't do that. Hashofei kol aretz lo yasemishpat. The the great judge of the world won't do judgment. You're going to you're you're what are you doing, right? So what's Avram's real concern here? His 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 real theological problem. Why do good people suffer? Right? How can you allow good people to suffer with bad people? Right? There's a lot here. Right? You, you can already hear the rallying cry of those calling for a ceasefire right now in this these psukim, Right? You could you could use it for that also. Right? It is it's it's a challenge. Good people dying with bad people. Right? It seems like he's concerned about Hashem's reputation. Yeah. Too. Right. You're the judge of the world, and you're not doing judgment. It's very bothered. Right? This is not like. I think it's important to pay attention to also, and we're not even going to fully focus on this point per se, but like how much it bothers Avram. It's not, you think of Sodom as like he's being nice to the bad guys and like trying to help them even though they're bad. It doesn't sound like Avram's just doing chesed. It sounds like he is theologically bothered by this, right? This really, this is not going to work for me, God. You want me to be your guy and go talk about you to the whole world. The things that you're doing are very troubling to me, Right? And in the end of the day, Hashem says, fine for 50, fine for 40, fine for, fine down to 10. Negotiating down. And he, and he says, yes, if there are 10, then fine. But then what happens? Pasuk Lama Gimel. Hashem Avraham. God leaves. Why? Because he's done talking to Avraham. Vavraham shav limkomo. And Avraham goes where? He stays there. Shav, oh, no, he returns. He returns. Where? To his. To his place. place. Avram goes back to his place. Very fascinating language also. But also, how does it end? Can you stop questioning? Back to his place like he was put in his place. Oh, yeah. Put in his place. Yeah. And where does God... Why does God leave? Because he's done talking. Like he's said what he's going to say. And he's going to go do what he's going to go do. Have they come to an agreement? No. no. Not really. Unsettled, but... Yeah, they're not really... They didn't really, like, shake on it. In a certain sense, God said, fine, if there are ten, but I think sounds like Avram knows there aren't ten, said Deacon. Right? There might be nine. There might be eight. There might be three. Right? There might be one. Right? But God has not committed to that. God committed to ten. And the different ways of reading this, maybe it's one of the five cities, right? There's, like, five cities there. So they don't really shake on, like, okay, good deal... God just walks away. Yeah, and the language also doesn't make it sound like it's a conversation. Um, Kilala Daber El Avraham. Hashem 
finished speaking to Abraham. He's done. It wasn't a two-way God's done. It's almost like a parent and a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, done. we're finished. Actually, this conversation, <laughs> right? It sounds like actually this conversation is over now. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That's exactly what it sounds like. Right? That's the tone. I think we're done now. And what does Avram do? And Avram goes back to his room. Sort of, right? <laughs> not, not really, right? Doesn't slam the door, right? But he, but he also, he retreats. He's intimidated. Right. He, he retreats, sounds like, because God did. But isn't Macomb more than just a physical place? Okay. Mm-hmm. Macomb, by the way, is a way that we... Hashem. Oh. Right. Macomb can actually refer to God. Right. Right? So that's also fascinating. Maybe let's see if we... Let's hold on to that. If well, that's going to play in. What am I missing was Hashem speaking to Abraham. It says, uh, uh, he finished speaking to Abraham and then he departed. But right. was he- okay, so to be fair, you're right. I didn't give you the whole, like, I, I tried to oh, save a little space. The, no, no, meaning, Hashem, the, the people leave, yeah. the people leave, and, Av- and the truth is, yeah, uh, before this, actually, Hashem says, like, how am I not going to tell Avram what I'm planning to do? Okay. Right? And so he kind of, like, clues in Avram, the guys leave, and then Avram launches in, and Hashem responds. Yeah, if there are 50, then I'll save them. If there are 40, he says, well, okay, but maybe if it's 40, okay, fine. If there's 40, Tzadikim, what if there's 30? And he goes back and they go back and forth. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. But at 10, they stop. He doesn't ask them again. Hashem says, if there's 10, I'll save the whole city for 10. But then, then it ends. And that's when Hashem walks away, mm-hmm. right? Walks away from the conversation. Fine. So it, it, there's clearly this, like, God is done. So Aleph, Avram is bothered. Avram is very bothered. He's not just, it doesn't sound like he's just looking out for the lowly people of Sodom. They don't know, their, they don't know better, leave them alone. Just please don't destroy them. Be nice to them. No, he's saying there's a, there's a philosophical, theological problem that he, see, that he seems to have what God is about to do. Um, and at some point, God is done with Avraham. He walks away. And then Avraham goes somewhere, right? Or it seems like he does. He shop, and, and, wherever, and he doesn't just go there, he... Return. Returns there. The implication meaning? He was there, he, he left. He was somewhere and he went back to that same place. Right? He goes back to something. Well, if we're, if we're saying that Makom could be referring to Hashem, then maybe he's returning to like the God as he knows it. Like, I had this trouble with you. We hashed it out. I don't know if it was resolved, but like, I'm going back to my belief and faith. In like, I'm, like, I'm good with you. Yeah. Like, right, which would be very... Problem come always, like, I'm returning to the God that, like, I know, believe in, and trust, even though I was just disagreeing with you. Good. So, sometimes there's, like, something that you pick up in the Pusik, and you're like, I wish someone would talk about it. <laughs> and sometimes you look at something in Pusik, and everybody talks about it. Okay? So, check this out. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. There's a, there's a, whatever. It's, 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 it's amazing. We're not going to have time to go through what everybody said. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'll bring you a few. But there's multiple explanations here, and I, and I, and I think because it, it's a very strange... The Pusik is very strange. Hashem walks away, and Avram returns to his place. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Vayelech Hashem v'gomer, source number two, Kevan shenishtatek ha-sanigor, halach lo ha-dayanu. The sanigor is the defense attorney, right? So since the defense attorney walked away, the dayan, the judge, walks away too. Meaning, so according to this, Hashem is, the Hashem is responding to Avram. Meaning, Avram each time had said, I should have brought you the whole thing, I'm sorry. Each time Hashem says, okay, 50. Avram says, okay, thanks for 50. I got another question for you, how about 40? <laughs> right? Okay, 40, how about, okay, can I ask again? How about 30, right? He, he doesn't let up. And after 10, what does Avram not do? How about nine? He doesn't do that. 
So according to Rashi, the reason Hashem leaves is because Moshe didn't continue. Sorry, not Moshe. Avram, Avram sorry, same, same idea, right? Uh, Avram, Avram doesn't continue. Right? So according to Rashi, Hashem is actually responding to Avraham. Avram, you didn't ask me again, and so I'm walking away. And the Avraham shalach shav limkomo, says Rashi, nistalek hadayan, nistalek asanigorim, vatetekategor mekadreik. Fascinating, right? He, the Dayan leaves, God walks away, the judge. The defense attorney walks away too, like, I've lost. Mm-hmm. And the kategor, the, right, the prosecution Prosecutor. gets working. Now, right? It's like, kind of like, dun, dun, dun. You know, like, they, he, they each back away, and now who's, and so what's the next thing that happens? The malachim had to sit down. Right? And if you look into the next passage, the next passage, as he says, now that the Malachim had to, that those two Malachim that are left had to Sodom. So it's almost like they part ways, Avram and, and, uh, and Hashem, and now the Malachim, they're now free to go. They're waiting. Basically, they're waiting for this kind of, like, are we going? We're not going? Like, what's happening? And they finally go. Okay? So that's, that's how Rashi understands it. Ulofikach, that's the next passage, Malachim Sodoma. Right? That's why they go now to Sodom. Fine. But it doesn't like, Necessarily give us like a, an explain. It, it, it explains what's happening, right? But okay, look at Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra, source number three. Avraham shavlim kamo el chavron. Okay, so we don't. That's not actually in our text, right? Lim kamo el chavron. Right. That we don't have that. The Torah doesn't say el chavron. That's Ibn Ezra saying that he goes to chavron, right? Vizos hamar e haisa b'makom shalach Avraham nishloach hamalachim. Where did Avraham have this vision? Again, he's talking to God. Right, so where does he have this vision of he's not Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, so Avram doesn't talk to Hashem like awake. They don't have the conversation like face to face. That only Moshe Rabbeinu had that. Right, so God Avram is somewhere and having this vision. He's like sleeping and having a vision. So, but where was that? That was apparently he he had. What do you do when you have guests? You walk them on the way. Right, you escort them out. So he escorts them out, and after he escorts them out, he then I guess falls asleep and he has this dream and Hashem is talking to him in the dream. Right? So, so what happened? Right? And he, that's where he, we see later that Avram looks at Sodom. After the whole story, after this is all over and Sodom is destroyed, so the Torah tells us that the next morning Avram wakes up and he looks at Sodom and he sees it's like burnt to a crisp. It's gone. Right? He sees it. So, what, what the Ibn Ezra is saying is that what actually happens, he has a drink, he goes to sleep, he, the Malachim are with him. He walks them out. Wherever he walks them to on their way, he then falls asleep. He has the vision, talks to God. He loses, right? And he, at that point, the malachim actually, went, you know, they, they go. Avram wakes up the next morning and he, right, he lost. Right? And so what does he do? He looks at Sodom and then he heads back. He heads back. Avraham Shavlim Komo, he goes back, right, back to, back to his house. Um, fine. The Radak, source number four. Vayelech Hashem, v'nistalek kvodo mi'alav, right? He like, Vayelech Hashem is like, Avram has like the spirit of Hashem like lifts from him because he's having a conversation. V'nira lo mitoch ha-mareh she'shav limkomo b'makom shaba elav hanavua, right? So he, and he sees in like this vision even that he's like going back to where he was. V'achar she'kosa ha-mareh matza atzmo b'beito b'makom shaya yoshev shem. He wakes up and he's at home, it's like Back to the Future, you know? He, like, wakes up, and he's, like, in his bed, and, like, his mom's there, and, like, everything. No, his mom's not there, but you know what I'm saying. Like, right, all of a sudden, he, like, wakes up, and, like, 
it was, a, it was all a dream. It was all a dream, except that it really happened. But it, it, he, right, Avram Shavim Komo, almost like he, not that he teleports, but he, the thing, this, 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 this assumes that he didn't walk them anywhere. He just went to sleep in his house. And then he wakes up and he Shavim Komo, he realizes where he is, right? But everyone's struggling. Why do I have to tell us this? Don't tell me anything. Just like, you went home, what do you mean, you went home? Before you went home. What do you have to tell me for? The answer is because it's a very strange thing to say, right? So these first few them are like very, like, Rashbami, right? They're like, this is, this is simple shot. This is, you know, what's really happening, right? Can I, ask, I'm sorry, can I ask yes. I'm bothered by Ibn Ezra. Obviously, if he just went back to Chavot, the Pesach would have said that. So I don't understand the logic of saying, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, the place that the Torah is referring to is Chavot. Like, of course, like, of course if it was simply Chavron, the Torah would just have written, and he went back to Chavron. No. I don't understand. There must be a deeper message. Saying so why, like, why, why does he go out to see, like, what's happening? Like, what is this thing? Like, he walked them, he, like, walked, on the, no, walked them out, like, and then he falls asleep the there. Pusik, then why would the Pusik say the words when Komo? Okay, I hear you. It's a, fair, it's a fair question. I'm just, I don't know, I'm confused by that, but, okay. I hear you. I wonder geographically, if he's in Hebron. See, I don't have my map. This week, I don't have my mouth this week. No, but I have to have it in my brain to put it on the wall. Um, so I don't have Dome Chevron, you know, in my head exactly. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. It may, that might be part of it. I'm not sure. There is south. Dome is like southeast of Chevron. What? Dome southeast of Chevron. I think so. I think that sounds correct. But I'm not. I'm not. Away, how many meters away? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm saying that my point is that if it's a geographic thing, then maybe that's what even Ezra's like at least pointing out that he had to like have gone further in order to be able to, to look over at Sado. I'm not sure. That could be. Okay, but look at the Al Sheikh. Okay. Um, Who's that? The Al Sheikh. The Al Sheikh lives like the 1500, something like that. It's a little later, much later, Rishon. Um, and he says the following. He says as follows. Uh, That's a pasuk. Avram so badly wanted to stand up, right? And to fight, right? For the tzaddikim. Right? Hashem had to leave. Why did Hashem have to leave? Because what was Avram not willing to do? He wasn't giving up. Right, what happened first? Hashem left first. Avram was still standing there, right? And Avram was not going to leave until Hashem left. So Hashem's like, all right, I got to go because you're not giving up. But this is the opposite of what Rashi said. And Rashi said, Avram stopped, so Hashem left. Dasha says, no, Avram was not going to stop. And because Avram was not going to stop, what did Hashem do? He left him. It's actually given a similar language by uh, Moshe Rabbeinu diving to get into Eretz Yisrael. At one point, Hashem says to him, stop it. Don't talk to me anymore. And why did Chazal say? Because if he would have kept on going, Hashem would have eventually had to give in. Not had to, but he he couldn't almost, that Hashem couldn't hear more tefillah because if he would, he would eventually have given in to him. Right? So he, so so, so according to the Alshech, he, he, um, he leaves because Avram is just staying there. Al-Kain v'Avraham shablin kamo. And then what happens afterwards? Avram actually leaves too. And once Hashem left, so now Avram leaves. That makes so much more sense. That, makes, that works with the Pasuk better, right? You like that better? Yeah, yeah, me too. Sh- right, so, so a great question would be, why does the Ashach not like Rashi? 
I mean, he likes Rashi as a person. But why is he not like what Rashi said? Right? Um, or, or, or sorry, better question. Why does Rashi not say like the Alshech? I think Rashi maybe is, maybe Rashi is philosophically bothered by that idea. Right? That Hashem would have, what, he would have had to listen? No. It doesn't, right? So maybe he'd rather say, Avram stopped, and that's why Hashem leaves. But the Alshech, I don't know. No. Maybe, maybe he wasn't ready to go just yet. We don't know, find that Avram is really bothered here. Right? Who knows that Avram really would have given up? Maybe Hashem leaves and cuts him off. Um, and he even goes further. Right, because if he would have stayed, Avram would have kept going and asking and asking and asking more. He would have davened more. Right, once he sees that Hashem left, right, he's stopping the conversation. So when does Avram go back? He only goes back because Hashem has said, "Enough, our conversation is over." And even the, even the Malachim, he says, And that's why the Malachim wait. It's a fascinating dance that's going on here, right? They're waiting for him to finish his conversation before he goes. But again, it's not, it's, he's not standing there talking to God. That's not, that's not how it works. So after, we think of it, Avram talks to Hashem like Moshe Benu. Only Moshe Benu did that. So how did the Malachim know? They're Malachim. So they know what's going on like in these you know, conversations in Shemayim that are taking place. So they're waiting also because they're Malachim. So they know, they know how to wait. Yeah. But there's such an irony that these it's 10 sukim, this whole story takes place. And in the end, it was really all for naught because the city's still getting destroyed. So you even want to wonder, like, this is so, something really deep is going on here because it's not even important. A lot of you are, like, setting me up. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke for is four. it all for nothing? Yeah. Are we having this whole long tefillah and it goes nowhere? Okay, yeah, great question. What's... It goes by Rashi or the Ashok, either one. One basically says it's Avram's fault that Saddam was destroyed, and the other one says it wasn't, it wasn't his fault he did his best, right? right? Yes, and according to Rashi, Avram should have kept going. Right, it's sounds fault, like. Right, it's his fault. Oh. Right, or, or yeah, at least he, it sounds like Hashem would have, right. maybe Hashem would have waited for him, right? As opposed to the Ashok, he says, no, Hashem stopped him because he knew it would have kept going, yeah. That's a great question, Liz. That's a really good question. Because the truth is, Liz, I didn't think about this question about him being asleep until we were sitting here and talking about it. And I realized that we always say about Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu is the only person who has what's called an aspakalaria mi'ira. He's the only one who talks to Hashem face to face. Panim al panim. Right? He's the only one who does that. So I also always thought that Avram was standing and dominating to Hashem. I always, I always envisioned, envisioned this conversation, Avram standing and talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But I think that's not, I, I think I'm right to say that that's not true. Because he could have been davening, standing up, but if Hashem's response to him, I don't think it'd be while he's awake. I don't think we should. We have to explore. We have to explore that further. Yeah, the standing. Yes, 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 yes. No, it's a very dream. Right. His dream. Usually, say that somebody fell asleep or was dreaming and they saw Hashem. It doesn't usually. Um, doesn't say always does it have to always say that? I don't so know if he always, always... He was dreaming, right? And then when You're right, like Yaakov Avinu, a lot, his nevuos are always sleeping. Always but Avraham, when I, you're right, with Avraham, let's say the Brisbane of Asarim, when he has that conversation with Hashem about it, we're not told that he falls asleep. So you never do with Avraham. It never says he was sleeping. This is a very good question. I don't know the answer to this question. We're going to we're gonna have to look this up. I don't know. Yeah, as Avraham, can you buy your pen for a second? Avraham awake or asleep? I didn't, yeah. I don't know. I really wasn't planning to talk about this, but I... I thought about it as we were talking, and like, I think it can't be true. 
So we'll have to see. Let's, let, let's see. We'll, get that, we'll hold that one. Awake or asleep, we'll, we'll hold that one. I think I have to be right, but, but then how do you deal with the standing? The standing. It's good. Sleepwalking. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Take a look at the Rabbeinu B'chayim. Rabbeinu B'chayim is going to help take us in a little bit of a different direction. Avraham Shavlim Komo. Avraham returned to his place. Aderach Apshat. What's the simple Pshat? Source number six. Who Elonim Amrei? Kimisham Nifrad Tachila. Where is it? Elonim Amrei. The place where he was before. That's where he was originally. He was standing by Yerush. Elav Hashem. Elonim Amrei. That's where he was. Which is in Chevron. That's where he was. Okay. One could also explain Limkomo to his place. I don't know if he put the, you know, what do you call those? Quote signs? Quotation marks? Um, but is it, it's, yeah. You could say, what do you mean Limkomo? Limidaso. To like who he was. Shehi hachnasas orchen. Avram goes back to do Achnas Zorchim. Why? After he had done his job, he had done his job with the three men who came to visit him, with eating and drinking and, and, and escorting them out, right? That's um, Aleph, Shin, Lam, and Eishel, right? That we say that Avram, Bayita Eishel, the passage says later, he, he plants uh, an Eishel tree, but they say it's Achila, Shesia, Levia, right? He would, they would give them to eat and to drink, and then he would escort them out. Um, so once he did that, Hayachoser, oh, Levakesh, Orchim Yoter, right? So he w- then he went back to get more guests, right? So he shot him, come out. Doesn't just mean he went home, but it means he went back to do, again, right? Get back to work on the same thing he was planning to do. I did Achnas Orchim all the way, including walking them out of the house and taking them on their way, which is part of the responsibility of Achnas Orchim. You walk the person out of, your, out of your house, right? And so, once he had done that, he was shavlim komo. Not just that he went home, but he went back to work. Went back to do his thing. Okay? Vizehu shavlim komo. That's what it means. He returned to his place. Ki avraham atzula mimidas hachesed vahamida hahi mikomo. It's beautiful. It's by itself. It's forgetting the whole shot in this whole story, right? Avraham's whole essence was he wanted to do chesed. So when he goes back to his house, to go back to doing Hachnas Zorchim, he's returning home. It doesn't mean just that he went to his house. He went back to living the life that he wanted to live. Right? That's what he wanted to live. It goes even further. Oh, he could explain even more. Even like that, he's back to the way, like feeling, like a, like feeling his body again. What do you mean? When Hashem was with him, it's getting a little esoteric. Right? But he like left the physical world while he was talking to Kadosh Baruch Hu. And he almost don't feel your physical self. I don't know what any of this means. But that when you're talking to Hashem, you like leave your physical self. You're like in like some out of body. Place. Very Kabbalistic, right? And, he, and like Shavlim Komo, he like returned to his Back body. Down to earth. Very mm-hmm. interesting, right? It's just, I think that's very cool. Shavlim yeah. Komo, he goes back to his like normal human self, right? He goes back to being like a human being again, right? The place of a person kind of keeps them 
you know, in their in their in their place. Fine. That makes you but, think that he's definitely dreaming. He's not like, like seems like that, right? Right. Good. That helped. Wow, very good. That does help us a little bit. It does sound like he loses his physical, and, that, and, and the Rambam talks like that, that a person would lose their physical, they're like physical, they would actually like lose control of their body in a certain sense, they have, have an avua, when you're talking to Akash Baruch, whatever that means. That means he wasn't dreaming then. Well, it, means you're, it, means it means you're not in your normal physical place. But that's not right. dreaming, that's not sleeping. Right. Yeah. So now we call it hallucinating. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. Right. But he, he's having some type of spiritual experience. True. Fine. But, but, but I, just in terms of our fi- first point, I think it's very important. Avram went back to work. Okay? And I want to now emphasize that point now on the next... But his work was serving Hashem. It was, ah. So it's still a connection and a... There's still a makom. There's still a makom. Uh, makom meaning Hashem. Yeah. Right. There's still a God this there. Good. Exactly. So back to work. He doesn't like go like to do uh, you know, whatever he's doing. Build a house. He's going back to his godly work, right? Which is physical work, but it's his godly work, right? No, not sorry. Go. Even like what we're going through today, where we're all saying, why, 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 why? Why innocent people? And why this person? It's almost like we also still have to return to our makom and doing mitzvot because there isn't really much else we can do. This year is much better when you guys give it. I love it. Okay? That's what I want. Let's go. Yes. 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 I'm not, I didn't mean to make it a joke. Yeah, absolutely. Take a look at source number seven. Source number seven. I, was, I wasn't even looking for this. I was looking for something else. And I found this article from Shmuel Silber. It's a rabbi in uh, Baltimore. It's a wonderful rough. And he, ru- he, wrote up, he wrote up a beautiful vort from the Shinovar Rebbe. So Rebbe Cheskel Shraga Halberstam, the Shinovar Rav, explains, even though Avram was unable to save the people of Sodom through his prayer, and God destroyed them with fire and with sulfur, Avram's service of God was not diminished. Avram wakes up the next morning, depending on where he is, and he watches He looks out at stone and what does he see? It failed. It failed. And he was really bothered by this. We know he was bothered by it. That's how much he attacks Hashem and fights with him. Right? By the way, right after God, just as an aside, I just promised him the one thing that he's been wanting his whole life. And he goes to war with God right afterwards. You might be like, maybe this is not the time for Avon to go to war with God. He just promised him a baby. Like, just promised him just now. He's like, by the way, God, now I'm angry with you. He's like, yo, back away. He just gave you what you want to get out of there, right? And he does it. He goes to war. This is like, it's interesting. Fine. But fine. Avram suffered a significant setback. Just a few verses earlier, God had crowned him the father of a multitude of nations. He was to inspire and shape not just the future of Jewish, Jewish people, but humanity as a whole. He was to educate the masses as a father does for his children. He was to love the nations as a parent loves his own flesh and blood. When Avram supplicated and bargained on behalf of the people of Sodom, he was a father begging for mercy on his children. Every parent has one basic core instinct. Protect my child at all costs. But he failed. He could not convince God to spare the people. He couldn't protect his children. Avram and God part company without uttering a word to one another. Sadness fills the air. Avraham, broken that he couldn't save his children, God saddened that he would have to punish his creations. What does Avraham do after experiencing the setback? Vavraham shavlim komo. Avraham returned to his place. He returned back to the state he was in before. He would not lose himself in pain or self-pity. He would not lose himself in the pit of despair. He needed to move on. He needed to figure out what had to be done to prevent another catastrophic event like this one from occurring. How can I uplift humanity? 
How can I better the world? He dusted himself off, dried his tears, and resumed his relationship with God in the building of his spiritual self. Right? We all encounter defeat. There are moments when we feel we have failed, and in doing so, we have left ourselves and others, let ourselves and others down. Some of these failures are real, and some are perceived. But the pain is often palpable. We learn from our first patriarch to dust ourselves off and find the courage and strength to pick up where we left off. When we suffer defeat, we must be shav lim komenu, to return to our place, resume our holy work, and continue down the path of life accomplishment. So Rabbi Silver, really the Shin of Rebbe, right? His argument of Shavlim Komos, Avram gets back to work. He accepts what happened and he says to himself, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I can't deal with that. That happened. What has happened has happened. Whether he really failed, it didn't really fail, but it didn't go the way he wanted. That's for sure, right? And so what does he do? He gets back to work. That's one, that's one way to look at this, right? So I, I saw from every Eliezer monk, and I couldn't find it inside, but I, I, I'd seen this idea from before, that he takes it even further, that this is not just a failure of Avram, it's a crisis of faith for Avram. Right? Avram is so bothered, right? Hashem, how could you do this? Like, what are you doing to the world? And God says, I'm leaving. This was not considered one of his ten nisyonos, was it? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't remember if some counted or not. It's a good question. But, 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 he, is, but he is troubled greatly right, by what God has decided to do, and God does not explain it to him. He's, See ya. I'm out of here. I feel bad, Avram. He doesn't even say that. Right? But I'm leaving, and I'm going to do what I want to do even though it makes no sense to you, even though you've put up a fight and said you don't want it to happen, and I've chosen you to be the Av Hamon Goyim, I'm still going to do things that you will never understand and never, and never get. And I'm going to do it anyways. And so what, is Avram, what could Avram have easily have done? I'm, I'm leaving you too. I'm done, I'm done with this. I'm not interested in this. I didn't sign up for that. I signed up to save the world. I signed up to do chesed. I signed up for, for chesed and mishpat and, 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 and do things that are good for good people and punish the bad people. I signed up for like a world that makes sense. And you gave me now, God, a world that makes no sense. And what does Avram do? Avraham shavdim komo. Avram goes back. And take care of you like. He goes back to Achnas He goes back home. He goes back to his makom, to his Hashem. He doesn't leave God. Right? And he says, you know what, God? I don't get it forward I don't get it but I'm not going to walk away Avraham Shavdim Komo and he continues on his path and by the way what happens next not right away but pretty soon after the Akedah right his own personal theological struggle right this is a national or international theological problem he returns now and he goes back to work and Hashem gives him another one and yeah many more many more ten in total right these these crises of faith that he faces and what does he do when they happen there's an amazing Rambam, which I've quoted to you in the past, but I wanted to show it to you inside for a second. It's a lot of Hebrew, but I just want to show you the, the highlighted piece for a second. In source number eight, the Rambam talks about, we don't even have to read it inside even per se, but I, I, I've, I've quoted this, this progression um, probably a few times before because I think it's, it's phenomenal. It's so important. Um, the Rambam in Hilchos Tshuva talks all about free will. 
Right? And he raises a question that bothers philosophers. It's nothing that really bothers me so much personally, but it, I think philosophers really about people into philosophy. It really bothers them, right? How could it be that God is all knowing, and yet we have free will? So I'm like, I don't know. I get to choose, and God knows what I'm going to choose, but I still chose it. But that doesn't. If you're like a philosophy person, like that doesn't work for you. I don't totally get why. I have, I'm so like not anywhere in the world of philosophy that I don't even get why it bothers people. But it bothers people. It does. It bothers people. Like, how can that be that God knows? I'm like, I don't, he knows, and I choose. I don't know. He knows I'm going to choose. But, like, I know that my kids are, I know my kids are going to choose, right? So I know, but then they choose, and I, I knew it ahead of time. Fine. But, but he asked that question, and look, and look at what he says, right? Source number eight, where it's bolded, he says, he talks about how Shem is, you know, above our, our understanding, etc. He says, like, he said, Right? We actually don't know how that works. That God knows all that stuff. And we also have a choice. We don't understand. So basically, Robin says, how could it be? And he ends with, I don't know. And the Ravid, right, who would always attack the Rambam, attacks the Rambam. Big. Source number nine. And he says, this, this guy, the Rambam, is not acting like a Chacham. Right? A person doesn't start something without knowing how to finish it. Right? Don't raise questions, says the Ravid, that you don't have answers to because you're going to confuse people. Right? He asks questions and problems and he leaves it as, sorry, I don't know the answer. What kind of crazy thing is that to do? Right? What are you going to do? Because people are going to have problems and now that he, he's raising more problems for people. What's, why would the Ramam do that? So source number 10 is the Kesed Mishnah. The Kesed Mishnah is to say, the person who wrote the Kesed Mishnah is Rav Yosef Karo, the person who also wrote the Shulchan Aruch. So he also had a commentary on, on, on the Ramah. The right? Ramah lives in like the 12th, 1200s. The Kesed Mishnah is living like in the 1500s in Tzfat. And he writes as follows. V'yesh Lomar, where it's underlined. Why did the Ramah do this? Because there might be some person who's going to have this question. He's going to be all confused and bothered by this issue. So he tells him the following idea. Person should know that sometimes there are questions that don't have answers. Very powerful. So the Rambam, he says, the Ravid's bother. Why is the Rambam raising questions that have answers to? And the answer that Kesed Mishnah says is exactly. The reason the Rambam raises the question and leaves it with, I don't know. There's a few times when Rashi writes, any Yodeya. <laughs> I don't know. Rashi, a lot of times Rashi doesn't say anything. Rashi could just say nothing. Sometimes he says, I don't know. Why? Same reason. It's important to know that sometimes you don't know. Right? What's the, one of the best lessons we teach our children? Right? When they ask a question, we say, I actually don't know. I don't know the answer. Right? Sometimes I can look it up, or sometimes I can say, I don't, ha- I don't have an answer. I'm never going to have an answer to that one. And that's hard for me. And, you know, I, obviously, right? And we're living through a moment like that, right? What, what in the world is going on? Every day, something new. And, like, I go, I go to sleep every night, like, and I said, like, what is happening in the world? You know, what is happening? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. But when we experience the moments of I don't know, the question becomes, what do we do? What do we do? No, you can say that. I just, I'm going to close it up because we're running out of time. I'm not sure the people who need to leave, leave and then I'll, I'll stay. But, 
what do you do we don't know? So I, one argument is, Shavim Komo. We get back to work. Right? I love the way the Rebbe Silver writes it out, right? He, he, he wasn't successful in saving the people of Sodom. So what does he do? I'll get work saving other people. Right? We, how much do we feel that feeling? There's a, there's a lot of people that we didn't, didn't get saved. More people than we've ever experienced, most of us in our lifetime, who didn't get saved. And the question of why will never go away. How in the world did that happen? They, every strategist and whatever can give their explanation later, they give their explanation. The answer is, we're not going to know. We don't know. There's no, there's no really good explanation to this. I don't know, maybe they give a military explanation. At some point, they'll come up with something. It is, it is unfathomable. It's unfathomable. So what do we do? So first of all, we know that it's okay to say we don't know. It's okay if Avram Bin did it. He's a Hashem. Shofei Kolar, it's Loyasem Mishpat. Powerful language that Avram Venus says to Hashem, right? And at the end of the day, after asking the question and basically not getting an answer, Avraham Shalvim Komo gets back to work. He says, Well, I can't help those people. I can help the next people. And that's what we do. That's what we do, right? Like the, like the Rabbi Slavichik could say, We don't say, I said this on Shemitah's morning, we don't say Lama as Jews. We don't ask why. On, on, on Tishabov, we do. Eicha, how could it be? But for the most part, we don't ask why. We don't know the answers to why most of the time. We ask, lima, for what? What am I going to do now? That's what we ask. What do I do now? Right? And there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of things to do. We know that. Just look at all the emails and the WhatsApps and things. Everyone can do something. But that's really our, that's our, that's our move at this moment because we don't have the answer and we're not going to have the answer. But learning to live a life like the Rambam teaches, like the Kesem Mission says, a life without the answer is the life that Avram lived. Avram lived a lot, of, a lot of unanswered questions. Avram dies without a lot of answered questions. He doesn't die with a, with, a, with a large nation that he was promised. He dies with one son and a daughter-in-law and a son that he doesn't talk to. That's what he ends up with, right? It's, it's a challenging life for him too. And I think that the, the message, that, that line, which I think is so striking and all that we've shown him and everyone's by Avraham Shavlim Komo is exactly this. It's exactly this message. Like, what do we do? Try to find a way to get back to work. And to, and, to, and to work on the things that we can work on and to help the things that we can help um, because the things that we don't understand, we're not, we're not privy to. And we don't know when we'll, we'll be privy to them. But, uh, and we can feel sad and we can feel frustrated and we can feel confused and we can ask the question and then we can say, but now what do we do? What do we do? We're, we're Shabbat Mkomo. So it's something to, something to think about as we continue to try ourselves to be Shabbat you know, as much as we can during, uh, during this time.